and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church, two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations in two different states, talking about the Bible, faith, our cultural moment, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Kevin Sheehan. And I'm Matt Curtis, and we're talking church. Welcome to the podcast. Woohoo! Glad to be back at it. It's been a little Yay, while. Hey, we're, we're back. It has been a while. Let's, yeah, yeah. This is our weekly, our weekly podcast has turned into like, you know, a biannual event but it, <laughs> it's no we're a little better than that but but yeah yeah, yeah. but it's been a while anyway today yeah. is april 20th 2023 beautiful sunny day here in pennsylvania uh it was snowing here yesterday <laughs> and uh now there's it's overcast and, and you know possibly going to snow again but you know yeah. here here in narnia that's how it goes <laughs> right hey your reservoirs but are full. Is, uh, Aslan is on the move. So yes, indeed, indeed again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we have a special podcast topic today. Yeah, yeah I, we I do. Don't know why I said it in dramatic voice, but um, yeah. So we thought uh, we would t- go back in the time machine uh, and give uh, younger Matt and Kevin some advice on how to handle 2020. We are now. Um, it kind of hit me, you know, like a month ago was was the three year mark of yep. kind of when everything shut down and all that, and we were kind of plunged into the the pandemic. Um, and so I was just sort of thinking, and yeah, you know, and we've thought this, of course, over the years, but like you know, if we could do twenty twenty over again, what would we do? Like, how how would we have approached it differently? What would our advice be to our younger selves? However, you want to kind of frame the question. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I just I will I have one question about what the rules are about how we're doing this. So like are we assuming that we have all the information we have now and we're making decisions based on the information that we have now or are we just going here are some things I wish I'd handled differently? Cuz those are like those are different questions. Right. You know? And I I think more but, the latter cuz I think the the latter option there is really more helpful. So yeah, yeah so here here are the caveats that I have for this kind of thought experiment. Yeah. Um yeah, we can't do it based on what we know now. Okay. Like, we have increased knowledge of COVID than we did in March 2020. Okay? Because that doesn't really help us evaluate what we should have made, what we should have done, like, in real time. You know what I mean? Um, so, it's a little bit unfair to, like, criticize decisions that were made, you know, with knowledge that didn't exist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's not very helpful. Um, that's just kind of nitpicking, you know, history. Uh, you still have to make decisions and even knowing that you will have better data in the future. So part of this is like, you know, if it all happened all over again, <laughs> um, how would we do it differently? Right. So if some new like pandemic just started like right now, um, and don't even say that, man, <laughs> I know, I know. Like, but, like, but, but, but the point is, is like, we know that we don't know everything about it, but we still have to make decisions now, you yeah. know? Uh, so that's kind of like the caveat for this thought experiment game is okay we're not going to like pick on our march 2020 cells because we didn't know what we know now in terms of COVID or whatever else yeah Um, so that's one caveat and the other one which i as i was thinking about this i kind of kept coming back to was it's really hard to remember the emotional pitch of 2020 like we look back on it now just through a different lens you know it's been a few years and so we're kind of beyond some of that stuff but like it's hard to remember just how like amped up everything was. Well, I think that has not totally gone away. I think there's still well, well, no, of course, but like because crazy got normalized. 
Um, well, to some extent, so, I mean, like 2020 was a uniquely stressful period yeah. of time. And so like, yeah, again, as I was thinking about this, you know, there's some things like, oh man, I should have done it this way or whatever, but I'm like, yeah, but wait a minute, like where we were the summer of 2020 in terms of our emotional status and everyone's emotional status and just the general stress and angst and everything else, um, that has to factor in. Like it's easy, you know, once things have kind of cooled off to be like, oh, you should handle that better. But um, so I think it's it's important to kind of keep that in mind because it's easy to forget like how amped up everything was. I think we were thinking recently, like we just hit like the one year mark of when our kids stopped wearing masks to school. Hmm. And we're kind of like, it's only been a year. You know what I mean? And so it kind of like, oh yeah, like things were like really, really different not that long ago in terms of just, day in day out life but also just like our mental health our, our emotions and everything else so um yeah it's easy to sort of criticize 2020 uh and kind of forget just like how intense everything was Does that make sense yeah yeah so, so those are my caveats for kind of the the thought experiment okay that works so i i should have waited to ask my question is what we're learning here so if i could do this <laughs> so if i could do this podcast over again <laughs> oh your question uh, led into it it was a perfect yeah, setup yeah it was yeah. a setup it was perfect yeah. matt okay well done yeah kudos to you <laughs> yeah i just kind of want to make it like the most helpful you know what i mean yeah. for evaluating like Same. okay moving forward how do we do this better and not just yeah. like you know uh rebuke ourselves for past faults or whatever so yeah it's like those parents who say i would never have let my kid have an iphone as if iphones existed when their children were so congratulations on not letting your kid play with right. something that didn't right. exist but thanks anyway, mom yeah. and dad for not giving me an iphone <laughs> back in the 80s <laughs> right. right but you did buy me an atari and shame on you hey man pitfall was fun oh yeah I, pitfall was, I, yeah i had a 2600 anyway yeah, yeah. all right matt do you want to go first or should i um, why don't you go first and I'll let my thoughts okay. percolate a little bit while you're doing that. Okay. So a couple of things I have here and, uh, these aren't in any particular order whatsoever. Um, yeah. So I'll just jump in. Um, here's one of the things, uh, that I kind of learned in real time as it was happening. I probably learned it in 2021 and, uh, still sticks with me. So I'll start with that one. Uh, maybe chronologically, it was the first lesson, um, Spend more time shepherding the people that remained committed and less time trying to convince people to stay. So I think what yeah. happened, and I'm just speaking for myself. I'm not even speaking like first person plural. I'm just speaking for me. First person singular is um, spent an inordinate amount of time in 2020 uh, with a group of people that eventually left um, the church and, uh, I mean, hours upon hours of conversations about everything, like everything 2020, you know, um, all of it. And, uh, and they, and they wound up leaving anyway. And, you know, in 2021, someone came to me or one of the elders and said basically this, this same thing, the same point of, you know, spend more time with the people that stayed than trying to chase down people who have left or are going to leave anyway. And they're not wrong. No, yeah. they're not wrong. Um, like, we like some of this is hindsight. Like some of it is okay. These people are hurting. They're you know hurting to the extent of or angry, and they're to the extent that they're maybe thinking about leaving the church. And so yes, spend some time with them. It's sort of a crisis situation. So some of that is hindsight. 
but there's also the principle of, um, you know, you know, the story where Jesus, okay, water the fig tree one more time. And if it doesn't bear fruit, then cut it down. Like there is a point in which you just kind of cut things off. Uh, we have a limited amount of time, you know, right. as people uh, and as pastors and elders and just, just as people. Um, and so we need to invest that time wisely. And, uh, and we can't neglect the other sheep, you know, have the conversations you need to have with the sheep that are wanting to leave the sheepfold. Uh, but you can't neglect the other sheep. And at some point you just have to be like, okay, um, I'm really sorry to see you go. And we were, but, uh, we've really, in some cases and in other cases, maybe not so much. Well, but, but, yeah. well to an extent, you're yeah. sorry to see anybody go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does get to the point where it's like, okay, we just need to move on. There and is such a thing as addition by subtraction. Yeah. And you're just causing yeah. an inordinate amount of stress and division in the church. And so right. now it is time to go. And hey, um, don't, listeners, don't be that person. Anyway, that's right. 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 Um, yeah. You know, the point being in times of, and I guess, you know, kind of looking, for, okay, what's the lesson moving forward? Not just in case 2020 repeats, which God forbid it ever does, but in times of crisis, we can often, or maybe I should speak for myself. There's an inclination to just, you know, devote a lot of time to the people that are in crisis or the ones that are, you know, the squeaky wheel. Uh, and then neglect others um, who are, you know, everyone has their own stuff they're working through, and especially in 2020. Um, but because they weren't like threatening to leave the church, they didn't get enough attention. Yeah. I think it's just easy just in the regular course of ministry to pay less attention to people that are just sort of like faithfully serving and not making a lot of fuss and just like, we love those people, you know, for lots of reasons, but um sometimes they can be overlooked just because yeah. they're kind of not in crisis or not, you know, causing a fuss or not having like, issues or at least, or at least ones that you know of, you know what I mean? Well, in, in general, like not just with people, but even with just like other pastoral concerns or whatever your job is, even um, the urgent can like um, crowd out what's important. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like the, yeah. like what's, what, what is screaming for right now? Um, it, it can overshadow. Uh, what what really matters and i found that often what seems urgent in the moments is not actually all that urgent the, the does that make sense like yeah like yeah. It, it, just because it feels like if you don't pay attention to this person who's threatening to leave right now that the sky will fall um doesn't mean that the sky will actually fall <laughs> right. right um so uh, but but again to be fair there's a certain like the way the world works is the squeaky wheel gets the oil. Like that's just sort of how it is. Um, well, and, and, there's, so, and there's a part of that. That's right. Like, yeah, of course the people like, that are struggling or have questions or whatever you give attention to, but, but there is a balance there of at some point you stop watering the fig tree and you attend to, I'm mixing my metaphors, attend to the right. other sheep. Uh, and that, and that's I, that balance. I would say I did not do well in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I kind of learned a version of this in coaching soccer. You know, it's it's sometimes the kids that are, the kids that kind of demand the most of your attention, and nothing to do with like coaching soccer. You know, and then the ones that you know you really want to kind of pour into, like as a coach, because they're you know good players or whatever, and have a desire to learn and improve, often don't get as much attention because you're always kind of managing you know some of the other ones that aren't you know 
doing the yeah doing the drill the right way or yeah. you know whatever so yeah uh, it's a similar thing like at some point you kind of have to figure out okay what's the balance here of kind of managing things but also just like making sure everyone is attended to appropriately so on the shepherding thing where i feel like i could have done better so what we did the way we handled that is is we divided the congregation up into like you know i had six or eight people and the each of the elders had six or eight people that we were going to be phoning with weekly and checking in um and you know i i feel like i was faithful in checking in with my people but i did not follow up with the other guys and see if they were um and some and i think some of them were and some of them weren't um and so i think there was just stuff that fell through the cracks there right and and i think as the pastor i should have just been i should have just been calling everybody instead of just my um group and if i had it to do again i would have been a lot more intentional with that and i even would have i mean i did some going to people's houses and standing in the driveway on there in their porch on their porch and we're maintaining distance and all of that um i would have done that a a lot more if i could do it again like i would i did that some but i don't think nearly enough just so there could be some version of embodied ministry going on yeah um, yeah i i think too um uh, in a similar fashion i would have just encouraged small all gatherings um and i just you know didn't emphasize that um i anyway yeah uh, from i from think- from from a shepherding standpoint, I, I wish those are things I wish I'd done. Yeah. I think there's a lot that we learned about the value of in-person, you know, face-to-face gathering in, in whatever form. Um, you know, after however many weeks of just online church and Zoom calls and all the other stuff, I think I think we all recognize like there's this is isn't the same. You know, and and you know, kids who are in college or high school who are doing online classes to finish up the school year. Yeah, like, it's just not the same. It's just not to, the same. I have to say, like, my personal appreciation of that has grown, but I have not seen, like, a wider appreciation of that in the church at large that, that I thought we would see. I thought that I thought we would see, oh, man, we're so, you know, grateful to be back again and we're, like, a, a doubling down on commitment. But I haven't seen that. What I have seen is habits have changed and watching at home has become normalized. And so maybe that's just me. But, I, like, what you're talking about, like, I think that's what I wish had happened as a result, but I don't think that's what's actually happened. Yeah, maybe, it, you know, and obviously it, everyone's experience is different here. So um, right. it, it may also be that, yes, people acknowledge that online versus in-person aren't the same thing. Um, right. But what, what some of 2020 revealed is just what they care about. Yeah. Like we know it's not the same thing, but I'd rather just watch from home because I don't really care that much to be bothered to come in. Yeah. You know, so so some of it so it might be kind of both of those things. Yeah. It's like we know it's not yeah. the same, but we just don't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also just like want to give the caveat as I'm discussing 2020. I mean, you gave your caveats, so I'll give mine. Sure. Um so with 2020, we had of course all of the regular pandemic stuff happening, but we right. also had like a church discipline case happen, which if it had not been 2020, what I would have done differently in a number of ways. My wife's dad died. And she was gone for like, you know, three or four months. I just had a lot going on. Like, like any one of those things would be a lot. And I had all three happening kind of at the, I mean, at the same time. Um, yeah. And so like, it's hard it's, and it's hard for me to separate all those things out. Yeah. You know, Um. anyway. Yeah. Move on. <clears throat> yep. We can move Next on. Next one or, okay. 
Well, so here's another one that I had. If I had to do 2020 over again, I would have uh, better appreciated uh, how people's individual backgrounds and cultures and values played into the conversations involving COVID, politics, and race. Those are the that was the triumvirate of of things in 2020, right? COVID, politics, yeah. and race, or just you know whatever justice, social justice, racial justice issues. Um, I I just don't think I appreciated just how much just people's backgrounds uh, really played into the conversation. I think I was a little bit naive and thinking like, well, all Christians are going to think somewhat similarly about some of these things. Um, and uh, yeah, I think what we learned out of 2020, especially the more conversations we had was, um, you know, how you grew up really matters. Like, you know, what, what your cultural upbringing is, what your faith background is, what, you know, what particular kind of faith tradition you're a part of, uh, there's a lot more nuance there um, than I realized. And also, like, someone who grew up in something and lived in it for 20 or 30 years, it's pretty deeply ingrained. You know, even if they've kind of changed faith traditions in the last, you know, handful of years. Um, there's a lot of things there are just really, really deeply ingrained. And this is where it's like, you know, we've had however many conversations about James Smith and Jonathan Haidt. Um, I wish I'd read them sooner. <laughs> uh, I think I would have seen some of this coming a lot more, or at least known better questions to ask to get to the root of some of these things. Um, but yeah, like, yeah, you know, after all the conversations, it's like, yeah, this is, there's just some background issues that are informing how people are thinking about certain things. Um, and those are just really, really difficult to overcome. Yeah. I think I agree with all of that. Um, I think, especially with the political issue i think at least with 20 at least in 2020 and i think even beyond there's no way of handling that that's going to be right um because everything is politicized at this point and so and everything is out of 10 and it's and is the most important thing so i just think um yeah i mean i don't i don't know that i don't know that i could have handled any of that any differently so uh, yeah, I don't really know what to say yeah. about that beyond um, I think what's I think what was revealed in 2020 is how just important politics are and the conflation of politics and um, well worship. Um, I mean I think that's something I knew before, but I think in 2020 that just came into focus in a way that it just for me hadn't before. Right. Yeah, um, I think that's certainly true. So, um, and so I addressing mean, and so addressing that, of course. It's complicated, um, but uh, I don't know. I think even now, knowing everything I know now could have. Like, that's going to take a generation to fix. You know what I mean? Like, like you, you anyway. Yeah, I, I, mean, I like, think a lot of what we saw is um, <clears throat> you know, people's allegiances were borne out. Yeah. And, and how they primarily see themselves or identify themselves. Yeah. Um, which was disheartening in, in a lot of cases. Right. Like, oh, okay. That's what you really care about yeah. and value more, more than these other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I, I guess, I, I guess I just, I'm coming from, from a standpoint of like, you know, a lot of the people that left our church were of a very similar background. Yeah. And, well, you know, a number of us kind of, you know, elders, uh, the other pastor and I, we kind of scratched our heads for a long time. Just like, why? Why are these conversations so unfruitful? Um, and it kind of took somebody else who was from that same background 
to kind of show us like, well, well, here's the deal, you know, here, here are some of the values and the things that, you know, we believe coming out of this background and those things are pretty deeply rooted. Uh, and so that was a lot of the hangup. Um, so yeah. it, it's, so it took us a while to kind of get to the right conversation and you know, to get to the right questions. Like, okay, here's what the real issue is. And I've yeah. said this before, you know, to a number of times, it's like, it, it wasn't ever really about masks. You know, right. it was about all the other things that go beneath that or beyond that, you know, it's like, well, you know, it's really about, you know, are you just, you know, a puppet of the government or are you just, you know, this, or are you just that, or on the other side, like how much do you really care about people's lot? You know what I mean? So it was always like a deeper, um, far reaching, uh, fear or value that was kind of playing into these conversations. And so we just had conversations that were, you know, sort of on the superficial level in a sense, but uh, never really, past each other. Never yeah. really got to the heart of the issue. Um, so that's why I say like, you know, I just have a better appreciation uh, for just how, how yeah. important people's backgrounds are when they, and how, and how they inform things. Again, you know, James Smith, Jonathan Haidt, all the things that we've discussed on this podcast a number of times yeah. um, has helped me to see that, you know, we talked about Jonathan Haidt on our last episode and, uh, you know, we mentioned how it's like, it just explained 2020 so well. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. he wrote it in 2010 or 12 or whatever. Uh, but, uh, and James Smith as well. Like he just, ex- it explains this phenomena so well. Yeah. People do what they love. And and that's much harder to talk about than just what they think. Well, and again, I would say that's something I knew before. Like I've long said, listen, even with a gun to your head, everybody does what they want. Sure. Like you're act you're acting out of your values yeah. all the time. Um, but I think how deeply true that is really came what came out for me is oftentimes, and even for myself included, it's not as though I'm above this. Um, there can be a pretty large gap between your stated values, like what you say, um, and your actual values. Yeah. There can be a significant gap. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, something that we kind of knew, but and, I think I think I was a little naive about how much, you know, kind of the the balance between, you know, oh, I can just explain this to somebody and rationally they'll they'll get it and change their minds versus how much of it is just because they want to believe this. Yeah. And, and that's you have to you have to, you know, approach it from that standpoint yeah. and what what their values are and what their where their heart is and what they care yeah. about. Um I I didn't have that balance correct, you know, and uh Yeah. I think I just missed yeah. that. So, yeah. In a similar vein, like if I were doing 2020 over again, um, one, I would have, you know, purchased stock and, you know, toilet paper or something, but also <laughs> in um, zoom. <laughs> yeah. in zoom. But, uh, but I, uh, b- but also, uh, I don't think I addressed, um, fear enough and just how pervasive it is and mm. just fighting yeah. fears um, in my own teaching. Like, I don't think, I I mean it's not that I it's not I don't think it's fair to say I didn't address it at all, and I don't remember enough of the particulars of my sermons to really be able to say how much or how little I did. Sure, but I I think well, however much or however little it was, I think I could have done more. Um, and if I could do it again, I would just go back and do a series on fear. I'm not prone to topics. I, I mean, as we've talked on this podcast before, as a rule, I don't think um, that's the way to go. But if I could do it again, I would have done like maybe eight to 10 weeks on what the Bible says about fear and how we should respond to it. Like a biblical theology of, you know, fears and what we do. Uh, 
Because that was really, I think, the primary issue. It what I mean, yeah, that people were dealing with on both sides, um, on all sides. Yeah, yeah, on all sides. Um, and and if I could do it again, I would have done a lot more. Te- I would I would have done way more teaching on that. Yeah, yeah. Not everyone admitted it, and you know it was kind of hidden behind some bravado at times, or some just yeah. yelling <laughs> and anger. Uh, but behind a lot of it, on all sides, there was there was fear. This fear yeah. of what is what is this leading to? You know, on on the one you know on the one side, there's the fear of like just catastrophic death tolls. On the other side, there's fear of you know government running amok. There's fear of people losing their jobs and the economy tank. I mean, you know, it's just fear just all all around. And I'm not even saying whether that's valid or invalid or it, I mean, it just was right. It just well, was. fears just are like fears right. aren't right or wrong. It's what yeah. you like. They, yeah. they just were. And some of them were pretty yeah. intense. And, I, and I, in retrospect, I think I see how that fear was driving a lot of it. So everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like even now, like that's really the that's how you get elected is you stoke people's fears. I mean, that's, you know, it. That's how you get yeah. clicks is you stir up people to be angry and afraid. I mean, all of that, that entire business models are around that. And so um, I think talking about that more is yeah. wise. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, you know, again, kind of want this to be helpful you know, moving forward. So, you know, again, moving forward um, application yeah. point, I guess is pretty obvious uh, for this one, but right. to take, to take more time, uh, with people to kind of see past whatever sort of the initial, you know, initial issue is or the presenting problem is and uh, take more time to really get to know people's kind of backgrounds, cultural, cultural norms, values, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and not just like when there's a crisis, but just in general and getting to know people, you know, um, and that I think will be more helpful in understanding why people do what they do. Yeah. Is hey, we should, for, take we, should break. Probably, we should yeah. probably take a break. And we'll be back on the flip side with more. Hey, it's Matt and Kevin, and we're talking church, and we have stepped into our um, handy-dandy time machine, and we are talking about, you know, maybe some things we could do, we would have done differently in 2020 as we look back on it. So, Kevin, is there anything else that you would do differently? Well, well hold you... on. What what what's our time machine here? We talking phone booth or DeLorean? Uh, or obviously, what? it's a DeLorean. Okay. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, clearly, All right, that's cool. I'm happy with I mean, the DeLorean because Back to the Future is like that's a superior time travel movie to Bill and Ted. It's not, <laughs> like it's it's not even close. I agree. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean. I kind of missed the rest of what you said because I was just thinking about that the whole time. But anyway, yeah. was your question something to do with? Do you have any more? Well, what else would you? What else would you do different in twenty twenty? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Good. All right. Now that I'm paying attention, I'm locked in. Yeah. All right. So, so here's one. Again, I'm just speaking for myself. Um, I'm the only one I can speak for on this. So, and this one has a lot of nuance to it as well and balance. So, but if I had to go back and tell myself three years ago, or at least two and a half years ago. Uh, I wish I had taken a firmer stand on certain things. Um, now, again, this is one of those where my second caveat comes in, where it's like things in 2020 were crazy heated and stressed out. Uh, and so that's easy to say now. <laughs> um, and there, there is wisdom in treading softly during a delicate time. Um, but if I'm just being honest, I think uh, I was I had too much fear of man in me. 
at times. Um, I know that there there was some time in the summer of 2020 where um, not only me, but also the other pastor, we were just kind of getting pounded by a certain group of people about our preaching. They just were disagreeing with a lot of things. Um, and again, I think some of that was just all the 20s, 20 stuff sort of spilling over because um, it wasn't rational or even normal for these people, but it was just like 2020 spilling over. And that was their outlet was to complain about us. So I remember like there were some sermons that I gave in, in that summer and fall that I kind of purposely um, tried to be, um, I'm not sure what the word is exactly, but either non-controversial or neutral or just like a good old Jesus loves us. You know, I mean, just kind of keeping it, hoping that I'm not going to get an email on Monday morning, you know? Yeah. And there are some things I didn't say uh, that I wanted to say, and and that's fine. It's not it's my, my job to say what I want to say, but what the Lord has me to say. But there are also, I think, some missed opportunities uh, to really speak to our to my people um, things that they needed to hear, things that they didn't want to hear. That's actually that's called discipleship. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, and there is a proclivity to not do discipleship so that we keep people happy and coming back. Hmm. Um, and I do think that uh, in 2020 and beyond, that was, uh, I don't know if I would say that was characteristic, uh, but, but it was a thing that I think we wrestled with. Um, yeah. and, and I, and I'm not just, and now I'm not speaking just for myself. But I know that there are churches and there are pastors and there are elders and church leaders and whatever else who, and I don't want to say water things down, um, but just try to keep things non-controversial. And, and, and in essence, what they're doing is they're failing to disciple. And I think I'm guilty of that, or at least I was in 2020. Uh, yeah. And that's something that I regret. I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't feel like you were pulling any punches. I mean, I was listening to all your sermons then, so I, I don't. Um, but if that's—I mean, that—that's that, that, your conviction about how. Fine. Um, I, for me, uh, and I listen. The our listeners don't know me necessarily, so they don't know this about me. But for me, um, I mean, I'm pretty direct, right? Um, I, I have a reputation for being straight. I was one. It, it was once said uh, that I'm a big rock that falls on people, right? Like, like that was a. <laughs> that that was uh that I was mean, to be fair that was like 25 years ago right uh, well i'm just saying like like historically well and i was talking to you know a particular person who the, anyway that we'll tell that story another time um but anyway um for me if i have an instinct to not say something that's not natural to me and that's probably the holy spirit right <laughs> like like for someone yeah, like yeah, me yeah. like for for someone like me that's the deal but i do think the whole thing you're talking about in terms of soft pedaling um doesn't apply just to like 2020 and the stuff around it i think no of course not um i, I think there's this whole debate going on about whether or not you should be like whether winsomeness is really the goal or directness is the goal and i think some of that conversation is helpful and some of it is absurd um <laughs> but um well there's the, there's the patented you know matt curtis directness 
Um, but I will say there are some things, there are some topics I'm thinking particularly like around issues of sexuality and transgender stuff um, where no matter how you say it, no matter how nice about it you try to be, what they object to is not um, how, your tone, but the actual content of what you're saying. Right. Um, like, like, like there's so I think what the church needs to do is speak clearly about those things. Um, we do no favors by trying to go, well, you know, uh, and just sort of half like halfway it or avoid the question. No, we need to say, no, we hold to a biblical sexual ethic and unapologetically so. Um, I, I think, um, I, I'm with you that taking a, I mean, firm stand makes it sound like there's a battle, and I don't necessarily like a lot of war rhetoric. Um, right. Because there's or, or the macho ness around this conversation just kind of bothers me. Like e even if I agree with in principle that we need to be direct, um, the I could do without all the chest pumping. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I yeah. Just, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, you know the but, phrase that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish up. But 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 I do think um we need to be clear. I think especially um again around just these next ten or fifteen years um gender issues are going to be the thing um, that churches are going to have to decide. Are they going to toe the cultural line or not on? And so I think um, deciding now how you're going to handle that um, is wise. And with regard to 2020, again, I don't feel like I soft peddled anything. In fact, you know, people left my church because I said things. So, um, you know, well, I, same, same here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the scriptures commend gentleness as well. Right. So yeah. all of this talk about directness is not like a uh, a get out of jail free card. Like there's always the person who says, I'm not, you know, a jerk. I'm just a truth teller. OK, well, that to me, that's just you can you can be both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I mean, you know, the phrase that comes to mind is speaking the truth and love. Right. So the speaking the truth part is firm. It's straightforward. Yeah. It's direct. It's blunt if it needs to be. It doesn't pull right. punches. But the in love part uh, is loaded. Like yeah. it's loaded. And it's not just that I say it in sort of a soft, you know, tone or whatever. Right. But it has more to do with like the whole witness of our lives and our posture right. towards everybody. Right. You know, right. so. You know, so if the you know the non-Christian family who um, is you know pro LGBTQ and, and all the like, you know, just whatever, right? Um, what does speaking the truth in love look like to them? Uh, well, it does mean me being clear about you know what the Bible says and that I believe it, you know. But what does the in love part look like? Like, what will convince them that I actually love them? Yeah, like that takes that takes a lot more work. Yeah, I kind of think like some of that conversation, like that whole winsomeness debate, which I think it's like 90% absurd, but uh, whatever. But the debate itself, not the. Um, right. But, you know, part of that is just because it's just hard to love. And it's way easier just to trot out, you know, you know, doctrinal statements or whatever. Right. Like it's a lot harder to convince the culture that we actually do care for them and love them. Um, in large part because we have to undo so much, <laughs> uh, so so many things that we've you know uh, failed to do that. Um, but like that just takes a lot more work. Um, so like that's part of it. Like that's that's part of this whole thing. Is yeah. Uh, I mean, is, I, you know, for for me, like I was actually kind of thinking more of like within the church, like within yeah. people who are already here, not necessarily to the culture. 
Um, and, and, you know, in that sense, it's, uh, you know, hopefully if you're doing church together and you've been there for a while, people should already know that you care for them and love them. Uh, and in some way that gives you the, uh, rapport, uh, to be able to speak the truth in such a way that they will hear it again, getting back to like, you know, Jonathan Haidt stuff or James Smith stuff so that, you know, Jonathan Haidt will say like, you can change people's minds if, you know, it's, it's in a relation within a relationship that, uh, is a comfortable one, you know? Yeah. Uh, so if that's already established, then you can, you know, take a firm stand. And just as you said, look, if they object to the content, okay, yeah. I can live with that. If they object to me being a jerk, well, that's yeah. on me. Yeah. I had a, I had a prof who said, um, always speak the truth. Like, so when you're speaking, what you're saying should be true. Right. Um, but don't always be speaking it. And, and, <laughs> and, 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 and what he means is um, just because something is true, doesn't mean it's edifying to say in that moment. Right. Right. Like, right. Like, um, so just because it's true that, you know, my daughter's shoes don't go with her shirt or whatever. Um, I mean, it doesn't mean that that's wise for me to say as I'm dropping her off at school, <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> and, and, and me going, what it's true like doesn't do any good right yeah like, like yeah. i'm just know, speaking um, the truth come on like, like <laughs> don't get mad at me <laughs> like uh, so I, I think timing matters right um i think tone can matter although i think if you worry more about tone than truth i think you're in trouble well only so in always... as much only in as much as tone might display you know again Love, speak the truth in love. So if tone has more to do with, you know, uh, displaying love for someone or something like that, then then it does kind of matter anyway. Right. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I just think there are some things that uh, that I maybe um, held back on because um, I just didn't want to deal with the emails on Monday, which usually I got anyway. <laughs> yeah, you well, know. Um, have you ever known just, me to hold back, Kevin? I could probably hold back a little more. I'm probably yeah. the obvious opposite. But, well, I mean, yeah. look again. This yeah. is this is just me. Other people may have yeah. go the other way. Some I think there are yeah. some people. Honestly, if they look back on their 2020, I hope that they're saying I should have held I should have held my tongue more. Yeah. You know? um, and there yeah. are some things I should have held my tongue on, and other things I should have spoken on. You know, so it's not yeah. like this is all on one side or the other. Uh, yeah. There are things I said I shouldn't have said, and there are things I didn't say that I. Should have said her. Yeah. Um, I said that backwards, but. So I think, I think another diagnostic question on this whole, like, and this isn't just about 2020, but like, should I say this or not? Or maybe should I post this or not? Um, is not just, is it true? Um, although fact check the stuff you're posting guys for crying out loud, but, <laughs> but, 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 but like just uh, even a Google search would anyway, but, but. Um, not just is it true, but will it build up? Like, right. Will it edify? Is this, yeah. is this going to edify anyone? Like, it might be true, um, but is it helpful or edifying? Right. Um, and, I, I, and maybe part of that is asking the question: um, Who is this blessing? Right. <laughs> am I am I really right. trying to bless myself here and make myself look good, or am I really concerned for my right. neighbor, brother, sister? Yeah. Right. And so I think asking those kinds of questions, I think are I found helpful in evaluating whether or not I should speak this thing or not speak this thing or weigh in on this issue or not weigh on in on this issue. Um, I think, um, is, 
helpful. And I think another part of truth telling, I mean, I don't know that this is something that gets talked about in this conversation about truth telling is admitting things, you know, and things that you don't know. Um, yeah, because in 2020, everyone was suddenly, uh, you know, infectious disease expert. Um, so like, even though they failed high school biology, suddenly they know all about, <laughs> And a, and a critical theory expert. Yeah, 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 yeah. How how path how pathogens work, and so I, I think part of honesty and truth telling is being honest about what you know and don't know. And one of my pet peeves um, is, uh, especially if it's a speaker at a thing, um, who pretends to know something they don't know. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, like just one example of this. My dad and I were li- were at a conference and uh, the speaker was saying that the hebrew word for something meant that whatever and it didn't mean that (laughs) like and we were just like you don't even you didn't even need that for the sermon you're just i mean and it doesn't and you're wrong and it just (laughs) right it just really hurt his credibility for the rest of what he had to say that was yeah and he's just Um, trying to stroke his ego and and look smart yeah and so i think um one of the things that I took away from 2020, like I was big on trying to stay in my lane. Um, so that's maybe one of the few things I did right in 2020 <laughs> um, to, to kind of flip the question is um, I did not pretend to be a public health expert. Um, and I, I tried to encourage my people to not pretend that either. Um, yeah. Truth telling is being honest about what you know and don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, everyone, you've been listening to Matt and Kevin talk time machine going back to 2020. I can't believe you even suggested the phone booth. But anyway, <laughs> speaking of truth telling, yeah. 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 Well, it wasn't like a Doctor Who. Wasn't that like a phone booth thing, too? Yeah, I guess. I, to be honest, I really haven't gotten into Doctor Who. There's too well, many episodes. There's I've just like seen a, a couple episodes. episodes. I don't really know. Yeah. It's kind of a British thing. But yeah. people from Britain like to love it. Anyway, all right, we're off topic. Hey, you've been listening to yeah. Matt and Kevin talk church and ramble on about a few other things too. We hope that what you've heard has been helpful and edifying and maybe thought-provoking. Maybe you have some of your own reflections that you'd like to consider for 2020. And if so, if you have any of those reflections or any other questions, complaints, observations, or sanctified musings, please email us at mattandkevintalkchurch at gmail.com. You can always give us a follow as well on, at, on Twitter at MKTC. That being said, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. We've been talking church and 2020, the remix. Be warm and be fed. <laughs>